Amen. Let us turn together in God's Word to Ephesians and the chapter 5. Paul's letter to the Ephesians and the chapter 5. And you may recall a couple of Tuesday nights ago, uh, we were looking at this very portion of Scripture. And I want to return to it tonight, and we're going to break into Ephesians chapter 5 at the 11th verse. Ephesians 5 and the verse 11. And the Apostle Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is access, but be filled with the Spirit." speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Amen. We land there at verse 21. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts this evening. You may recall that last time we were together on the Tuesday night, I drew your attention to the verse 18. And I want us to return to that verse tonight. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And last time we looked at this verse of Scripture together, the emphasis was upon the command. And certainly there is a command in this verse of Scripture. We could say more than one command. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And there's a command here for God's people to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And we noted that that command indicated a number of things to us. Firstly, it was the realization in this command. And the realization that comes to our hearts is that we need to be filled. We're so conscious of that need. We know that of ourselves we lack power. We know that of ourselves we could never live the Christian life in the power of the flesh or in our own strength. It just simply cannot be done. And therefore, we come to that realization that we need to be filled. 
And then we thought about the responsibility in this command. And we were emphasizing with this point that we just do not sit back, as it were, hoping that this is going to happen, but rather it is put by way of a command that we would actively seek this infilling. We actively seek after, we have a responsibility to seek after the infilling of the Spirit, and we do that through prayer. And we pray to the Lord, and we ask the Lord even there on a daily basis that we would be filled. The realization that we need to be filled and the responsibility to actively seek that infilling. And then we thought about the repetition in the command because the infilling of the Spirit is not a a once-for-all act. The infilling of the Spirit is something that we need over and over again. In the life of the believer, we need to constantly seek the Lord on a daily basis and ask him for that infilling. And so we thought about the command, be filled, be filled with the Spirit. But coming tonight from the command, I want us to think about the contrast that there is in this verse of Scripture Because there certainly is a contrast. That which is a contrast is considered to be the opposite. And you can see here the Apostle Paul writes, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And the contrast that we see is one who is filled with wine and another who is filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And we could say that, well, this is still part of the command, and it is part of the command. We're commanded not to be drunk with wine, and we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. But nevertheless, in this verse of these words, you can see that there is a contrast there. Paul draws an illustration. It's an illustration that the Ephesians would have been very familiar with. It's something that they could relate to because of the lifestyle in Ephesus and many of them may have been saved from such a lifestyle that just revolved around drinking and drunkenness. Sadly, that seems to be the way in society today. And to be drunk was to come under the influence of alcohol and to come under its control. And so while we can see that there would be parallels here between being filled with wine and filled with the Spirit, yet we must see that there is the contrast there as well. Being filled with wine and the effects of that would be the opposite to being filled with the Spirit and the effects of being filled with the Spirit. Opposites. And as we think about the contrast a little bit this evening, just for a brief time, 
I want you to think firstly about the example of alcohol. And Paul uses the example here when he says, and be not drunk with wine. And many of these believers at Ephesus, as we've indicated, would have been converted from such a lifestyle and they would have known by even experience what it was to be drunk with wine. Before their conversion, they knew what it was to be intoxicated. They had been under the influence and under the control of alcohol. And they knew that that was something that affected the whole man. They knew that for one to come under uh, such an influence, it would have affected the whole individual. If you have never tasted wine or alcohol, praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. But you may have seen, I'm sure you have seen a drunk person. I was going to say a drunk man. Sadly, today you could also see a drunk woman, such as the days in which we're living. Drunkenness. And if you have even seen the drunk person, one who is affected by the alcohol that is in their system, it affects the whole individual. It will affect their mind. Not only the harm that it does to the body and to the mind, but it changes the thinking. Once one comes under the influence of alcohol, they have a different thought pattern altogether. They would look at things differently. They would think of things differently. It also affects the speech. You've ever spoken to someone who is under the influence of alcohol, their speech changes. Their speech can become slurred, and in the worst case, they can barely speak at all changes their mind, it changes their speech. It affects the way they walk. Maybe driven past and seen someone coming out of the pub and they're staggering because the alcohol has such an influence upon them that it changes the very way that they walk. And of course, it affects their conduct. Their behavior is going to be different because they're under the influence of alcohol. And when you think of those different areas affecting the whole of the individual, we say equally that the one filled with the Spirit will be affected by the Holy Spirit in those same areas, the mind. Holy Spirit will give us a different way of thinking, different way of, of looking at things, will give to us the wisdom, the wisdom of the Spirit, and we would want to be filled with such wisdom. And the one who's filled with the Spirit, my, that will also affect the way that they talk. Oh, their language, their conversation will be seasoned with grace. Their speech will be different. The way they walk before the Lord will be different. It's a circumspect walk. 
seeking to walk in the ways of the Lord. The way they conduct themselves, the way they behave, the one filled with the Spirit will seek to live that life that is well-pleasing to the Lord. And so we can see that there are parallels there. Because the one filled with wine and the one filled with the Spirit, they will be affected in the same areas. But oh, here's the contrast. To be filled with wine and to be affected by wine in such a way is so detrimental. It's so harmful. It's so destructive and damaging in so many ways. But to be filled with the Spirit is the total opposite. To be filled with the Spirit is to have such a positive effect upon that individual. Changes them in such a way that they're going to live lives that are holy and lives that are pleasing unto the Lord. And so to be filled with wine is so detrimental and to be filled with the Spirit is so positive. I looked up some statistics for drunkenness, the cost of it to society. There was a report conducted by The Guardian a number of years ago, and it found hospitals were unable to cope with the numbers of people landing into hospital beds due to alcohol. A massive burden to the NHS that was estimated then to be some £21 billion per year, the cost to society as a whole. And then I looked up some more recent figures that were released by the UK Parliament, and they say the cost today to society is between 25 and 27 billion pounds. So detrimental, so damaging, so destructive. The people who who die due to alcohol-related illness is staggering. Also, 42% of crime is carried out due to alcohol-related cases. The contrast to the filling of the Spirit and the filling with wine, the contrast there is clear. And Paul draws this example by way of contrast. But secondly, not only the example that's in this contrast, but the effect of alcohol is the contrast. Be not drunk. And just to dig a little deeper with that word drunk, be not drunk. To be drunk is the effect of being under the influence of alcohol. And that word drunk in its original form, it actually comes from the verb to soak, to soak or, or to saturate. And it was a word that was used in relation to animal skins. And the hide of the animal was taken and it was to be soaked and it was to be saturated. 
And the reason that they did that was to make it more pliable and to make it more flexible and to loosen up that skin that they might then be able to use it for various purposes. And so it was soaked there to loosen it up. That's where we get the word drunk. And the effect of being drunk is to be filled to the point where you're soaked and saturated with alcohol. And that individual that's soaked with the alcohol, it has the same effect that loosens them up. Loosens them up. It'll loosen the tongue. Well, it's well known that if you get someone uh, played with drink, it'll loosen up their tongue and they'll tell you maybe what you're trying to find out. Maybe people would say things with alcohol in their system that they wouldn't say without the alcohol because they've been loosened up. They've been soaked there until they become pliable and flexible. It loosens the morals of individuals. The inhibitions go whenever the drink is taken and they would do things that they wouldn't normally have done. And a loose conduct, behaving in a way under the influence of alcohol that they wouldn't normally behave in such a way. They've been loosened up and they've been soaked in alcohol. And again, the contrast to one who is filled with the Spirit, they are brought under the control and brought under the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God. And therefore, in our text, there's not only the word drunk, but there's the word filled. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled. The filling of the Spirit. That word filled is used in different ways in the New Testament and over in the Gospel of John and the chapter 12. There's a reference there in the verse 3 to Mary and you know where she took that pound of ointment of spikenard and it says it was very costly and she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. The house was filled. And that's the same word in connection with the filling of the Spirit. And it says the house was filled with the smell or the odor of the ointment. And you can just imagine going into a house where someone has been spraying maybe those air fresheners or the, and the whole house is just filled with the odor and filled with the smell. No matter where you would go in that house, you, you could smell that odor. The Gospel of Matthew and the, the chapter 13, it speaks to us there. Uh, the Lord gives us a parable in Matthew 13 and the verse 48. And taking verse 47 to get the connection, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, and that's the same word again, 
which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but that they cast the bad away. And so whether it's the house that's filled with the odor or whether it's the net that is filled with what they have drawn out of the sea, the idea there is showing that it's filled to that full measure. That's the word that's used in relation to the filling of the Spirit. Be filled. Be filled with the Spirit. That would be our desire this evening, that we would know such a filling of the Holy Spirit of God, and as we indicated last time, to actively seek such an infilling. And to ask the Lord to come and to fill our hearts with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that will draw us to Christ. Will reveal the Lord more and more to us. We'll be able to see more of our Lord and Savior. It's through the infilling of the Spirit. But then I want you to notice from our text of Scripture... And we're thinking tonight about the contrast to the filling of the Spirit. There was the example uh, that was given there of the alcohol and the effect of the alcohol. But thirdly, notice the excess of the alcohol. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. And it's good for us to just look at that part of the verse because it is often misinterpreted. And some would want to take uh, the way this verse is worded here to argue a case for moderate drinking. And they would want to say, well, it's okay to, to have a social drink as long as you don't drink to excess and that you don't get drunk. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. But that interpretation is wrong. It's not the correct interpretation of these words. The excess that's referred to here is not to do with the amount of alcohol that is consumed, but rather it's referring to the behavior as a result of consuming the alcohol. The excess here is actually the result of the drunkenness. It's not to do with the amount of alcohol. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Or you could read it, wherein is excessive behavior, wherein is excessive conduct. And it's describing the result of drunkenness. And so it's to do with the conduct and not the consumption. It is not the excess of alcohol. It's rather excessive behavior. And that word excess there, the meaning of it has been given as debauchery. That, that's the sort of excessive behavior that comes from drunkenness. It's absolute debauchery. 
And, and you can see today uh, such a lifestyle, and you can see that lifestyle of revelry, and we can see that excessive behavior all around us. You know, it's the same word that's translated in Luke chapter 15 in relation to the prodigal. Do you know well tonight the story of the prodigal? The prodigal who would take the portion of goods that was to fall to him and he goes away into the far country. And Luke 15 and the verse 13 says, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Riotous living. And that description there, riotous living, that's the same word that's translated in our text of Scripture, excess. And that's why we're saying it's excessive behavior. It's riotous living. The drunkenness that leads to riotous living. We're in his excess. The Apostle Peter, he also develops that thought as well. In First Peter and the chapter 4 and the verse 4, verse 3 would be good to read as well. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, Excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot. That's how Peter describes it, running to excess of riot. And then in Second Peter, in the chapter 2 and the verse 13, he says of such that they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that counted pleasure to riot in the daytime. Riot in the daytime. And so when we read it in our text of Scripture, wherein is access, you have to think of that as riotous living. Those who riot in the daytime. So it is possible to trace here these contrasts that come from one who's filled with wine and the other who is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God is that which brings a life of, of holiness unto the Lord and seeking to walk in the ways of the Lord as opposed to the revelry and the riotous living. And being filled with the Spirit brings us into fellowship with the Lord and God's Spirit bearing witness with our Spirit that we are the sons of God. Therefore, as God's people tonight, we ought to desire more and more to be filled with the Spirit. Finish with the words of that little chorus, Spirit of the living God. Fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Break me, melt me, mold me, fill me 
Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. May the Lord bless these thoughts to our hearts this evening.